0: What's up? there we go. There he is. Hey Nathan, what's up? How's it going, Sam?
1: Yeah, uh, it's going well. It's going well. I'm trying to think I didn't look up, up what we last talked about, but it was probably 3 or 4 weeks ago. Check out this sucker. Look what I have in my hand. Pretty Pretty pretty.
0: There it is. Let me see. Oh yeah, make me full screen. Hold on, I gotta make you full screen. So Sam is uh for the viewers out there that that don't have. Yeah, um, we
1: keep uh, forgetting. You know, a way to, to see what video what we're looking at. Video recording. Sam's looking these, at ask ask a Hasselblad. About once or twice. Some. we'll, it's hard enough we'll work
0: to on that. We're we're working on that.
1: Hasselblad. Dein X50C. Yeah what this rig is called it is a camera medium format that i only became aware of um a couple weeks ago tell me how you like it apparently like a preview at photo kina 2018 one of those conferences so i'm i'm kind of glad my head was just Uh, in the sand or whatever when this was announced because I would have been really eyeing this for years (laughs) instead of weeks and they just started shipping last week so I got my camera pretty much yeah (laughs) uh, well actually they started shipping in August in limited very limited quantities but um, they had a new batch come this week and anyway it's pretty cool it's a beautiful really unique setup It's, it's fun to have something very much designed from an era of film only but you know, smartly uh, transported to digital, sort of the Leica vibe of things, but appropriately digital.
0: Uh, and do you like the files
1: so far? So far, I really do. This is the first medium format sensor camera that I haven't needed to really worry about high ISO. It starts to break down around twenty five thousand, pretty good. But up to twelve thousand six hundred, it's it's still totally usable. Oh, that's yeah. fine. So yeah, my other fine. cameras that I have. Uh, owned or tried medium format and like, a, the older Fuji series, actually the older Hasselblad, their like, um, mirrorless rangefinder esque version that was launched in 2016. And mm-hmm. my phase one all break down very early in, in the ISO range. And yeah, you know, that's a problem because a lot of the lenses are like F 2.8. Uh, they don't let in, you know, a ton of light. Right. So you're really restricted, but what's great about this. And I didn't even know it when I bought it, but the, um, the sync speed for flash is one two thousandth of a se- uh, second. You have to connect a flash cable. There's no actual oh, nice. issue that you can attach one to, but you can attach a flash sync cable, which will let you use a flash. Uh, it's a leaf shutter lens. Okay. So one two thousandth of a second sync speed means you can easily yep. overpower the sun and still shoot with a shallow depth of field without a very powerful flash a feature. I very much enjoy uh, with my phase phase one rig.
0: Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. when, when, when you yeah you and i have gone on some some shoots for uh clients of yours that have wanted you know portraits basically in DC pretty simple ones but you've wanted to basically yeah. light them and you have generally taken the the phase one and had me kind of as your lighting guy to do that in in bright daylight
1: yeah i mean whenever you i, I for off camera flash stuff i prefer these medium format, you know, slower operational cameras, because everything is mm. slower anyway, when you have an assistant or, or a light on a stand, like they just pair really well together. Uh, I don't think this would be great with or without flash for, for wedding work. I am going to bring it to a wedding this right. weekend and see, but you know, for a few shots maybe, but for like the bulk of the day, it's just not going to at all keep up with, um, The R6, and this does have a fantastic orientation for their screen. It's full 90 degrees, uh, which is great. So you can shoot waist level really easily. But I'm still, even with that amount of flexibility, I'm still very happy with the decision Canon made in their mirrorless cameras to do the, you know, multiple uh, access articulation that their screen has all the way from being a selfie to everything else. Uh, I think that was the much better direction to go. I feel, I don't know about you, but with the the Canon mirrorless cameras, I feel much more likely to try and experiment with like the physicality of how I'm shooting and where I'm shooting, because you can get such dynamic angles so easily uh, without having to, you know, lay on the ground or Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, even with, the uh d850 back when we both shot that it had an articulating screen but again it's just like 90 degrees or you kind of had a one-dimensional access to it where
0: exactly and it was, and was it was a or, game changer um yeah, at, at the time uh, for at the time for sure it was a game changer but having and and orig- i still don't 100 love the 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 crazy articulating screen of the um the canon, canon. r series i i wish that there was a way for I just wish there was a way for it to to like fully articulate. Uh, it, it would be impossible, yeah. basically. But but anyway, the that, the point yeah. is is it's the best implementation yet. I think uh, I think okay. there's still maybe a little ways to go, but I, I love love that. But yeah, and you it's, can. You, it's kind
1: of awkward. I remember being sort of put off by it at first because it doesn't feel very photographery <laughs> to have yeah. like the screen floating off to the side of your camera like you're so used to as a photographer everything like in line orient- oriented oriented you know your viewfinder is oriented in line with your screen everything is you know that's oriented in line with the front of your lens it's all one straight mm-hmm. line and now when you have the screen floating off to the side it just does not feel photographery it, at all yeah more it is a
0: little weird yeah but um, <laughs> the thing that I the thing that I do really love about it though, uh, the thing that it, that really has no, R6. Uh, uh, the R the R series just all of them with the articulating screen is I love the ability to completely shut the screen and just have a flat back um, and an easy yeah, cool. viewfinder. So you can go it's like it's up old school. <laughs> yeah, you can go totally old school. I, yeah. I really like it. Sometimes I just kind of feel. It gives me the versatility to if I'm feeling in the moment that I want to be a little more present, I can just shut the screen and I can just be using my viewfinder. I don't need to be worrying about accidentally pressing, you know, hitting the touch screen with, with my hand or something. And I can be really present and really in the moment. And I I, I think that's kind of a, a, a bit of an issue that is... Or a bit of a feature that's been overlooked um, in general is that the ability to just comp- completely close that off and, and concentrate on the viewfinder is, is really a nice feature.
1: Uh, 100% agree. Yes. You can, yeah, it's almost modular in a way of like you want to yeah. be really minimalist and focused, or you can go like full on sensory overload. And right. uh, yeah, well, I don't know if we should talk, uh, t- uh, since we talked about the R6 already at length in previous episodes, uh, I will say well, I've, I've got my second body finally, and overall, I'm just oh, nice. more and more happy with canon i think really did nail the flip out screen uh durability and feel like the rubber band yeah it feels it real nice just it doesn't feel flimsy at all like it's you know going to be broken or snapped off uh, it could still i'm sure but it's uh, it's quite the, the
0: yeah sweet but spot. you know i i don't think that i've yeah on the podcast i haven't i have not um given my thoughts on the r6 because That's i only true. just I got you, it last weekend
1: you just um, had only, I think, shot some real estate photos with mine. I don't think you really had right. a meaningful time with it. So what are your thoughts? Right.
0: So my thoughts are that it's just a fantastic camera. It's It takes everything about the R and makes it more solid. Like all all of the features of the R are right here, uh, but they're just more solid. I love the screen feels had, feels a little bit more crispy and solid. The I love the on-off button. The on-off button is oh, huge. that little notch. Yeah,
1: it's it's, <laughs> it's a funny. weird
0: thing, but it's it's, it's awesome. A small thing. Yeah. Going back to the R, I'm like, oh, I don't I, I don't know if it's on or if it's off just by touching it, and it's it's something it's it's weird. But as a photographer, you gotta have you know you rely a lot on on the feel of your equipment to you know be able to to nail the shot at the right time and it's one of those really 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 tiny things that i've noticed um i i i'm i'm bad about this i i tend to turn off my camera sometimes when i'm shooting um oh,
1: back in the, the nikon dslr days that was i was i would just flip it back and forth just for fun yeah it's like
0: yeah it's, <laughs> it's yeah because really it's right there next to the, the the process. shutter button which is yeah. which is wrong i love though what i, I there's something about the 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 feel of picking this thing up with your right hand and clicking it on with your left hand and throwing it onto your eyeballs that um, just feels great.
1: Well, and and the buttons and knobs in general, like I love the 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 mode dial on top. Mm-hmm. Like that is also nice and chunky. It yeah, the feel mode likely buttons nice. To be accidentally bumped into this. the wrong mode. Feels Feels real nice. Yeah, it's really good. Everything about this camera, build wise, yeah, you know, feels more refined and and uh, more commercial and, and beefier and stronger than the R. Yeah,
0: the thumb wheel is great. I have never been a. Can- I, th- this is my first ever experience with the thumb wheel because it's my first real, you know, because I, I switched over to Canon and I had never really used any of the professional Canon cameras before this. And I love the thumb wheel. It's really fun, and I like that it's kind of a more plasticky feel than the like clickiness of the last one I used. I I tried out 5D Mark III, I think it was back in the day, and yeah. and the thumb wheel was cool, but it was it was a lot clickier. Oh, and then that's the other thing about this camera: <laughs> the shutter sound is ridiculous.
1: It's yeah, it's, it's not loud. I think it might be sorta of perfect. I honestly can't imagine yeah. wanting it's great. Anything other than maybe the capability to optionally make it louder if I wanted, just so clients if if you know, you're working yeah. with a model especially <laughs> so uh, a professional model, I think feeds off of the noise of the shutter in terms of movement and reaction time. Clients not so much, although I do think it can just build a little bit of a a confidence booster for them to hear the shutter flying. But for me personally, feel the feel, like the physical vibration, sound and everything is is perfect for for the photographer. It's dialed in like right where it should be.
0: And kind of going back to the general feel of the camera going back to the r as i was shooting um because i only have i just only bought one uh canon r6 uh so i was so i had an r6 and an r on me for the last wedding that i did last
1: weekend so you kind of swap between them
0: yeah and the the shutter feel it, it was like noticeably like
1: oh my god not <laughs> as like nice two it's a of little plastic clacking together
0: yeah yeah <laughs> It's very strange uh feeling shooting with both of them at the same time. So I can't wait to uh get rid of both of my Rs and switch over to to uh, you know buy another R6 and um and yeah, and have that it.
1: Yeah. I mean it's so great this is that perfect. this camera exists at this price point. I mean it's this so is yes, so much. really
0: really cheap getting
1: for uh yeah for the price i mean back again dslr days you would have been shelling out at least enough for a d850 to get anything close to this now the d780 mm-hmm. which neither of us have tried apparently is pretty incredible in live view mode i can't remember how that stacks up price wise but you know What's just thinking the back deal early it? days i don't know what was the d850 3500 3500
0: i believe or 3300 yeah. Of course,
1: I mean, different specs across the board, but in terms of like focus speed and and, and the the workflow of the camera, I think this is a much better, more refined experience. And it's like $1,000 less than you would think you'd have to pay. But what's even crazier is to think how much the RP and the R cost now. Yeah. With these newer ones being out. Like, they, I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be lucky to make like a grand off my Rs, uh, you know, off Mm -hmm. each of my Rs, I think.
1: Yeah, I just decided to keep both mine for video so I don't have to set things up as as much for video anymore that's cool and then i have the r6 extra if i want to add anything the Hasselblad the new Hasselblad i got does video but i'm probably not gonna
0: yeah i don't know about going (laughs) doesn't even go in that route tracking or anything yeah yeah uh but 20 megapixels is is fine
1: 20 Uh, megapixels is totally fine 100 i have not that has not been something for me that i felt has been lacking at all you know if you do a lot of commercial work where clients need a, a minimum thing in the files then that's a totally different sure discussion but sure. not for for wedding stuff have you had any uh, anywhere it. in your experience with the files where they broke down have you done a lot of editing yet
0: yeah yeah i've been uh been doing a decent amount of editing i am having some trouble i'm in a little bit of trouble with them just because i'm trying a completely new preset and completely new approach to presets mm-hmm. as well so that's yeah it's on me
1: have fun down that hole i've been i've been there for like six months and i'm still like is it right
0: yeah i (laughs) delivered yeah some some clients wanted their photos uh wanted wanted a few photos from the the last wedding i did like right away to send off to family and friends that weren't there and so i like hammered out a couple of them and i'm sitting there and i i i like Obsessed over them for like a half hour, and I, you know, I got like fifteen or or twenty images for them to to send over as kind of like a highlights reel. And, um, I finished with them and I sent them off and I was like, all right, I'm really happy with those. And I came back like 10 minutes later and I'm like, dude, these look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) These uh, these don't look any, These look like the colors are crazy. They're all blue and weird. So anyway, it's a
1: critical, uh, very critical thing to step back and close your eyes or literally take, take some time, some space in between you and the, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a,
0: it's a principle of creative output to when you, you know, finish something or, you know, when you're in the middle of something to take a step back at some point and be like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Oh, I'm totally going in the wrong direction. Let's, let's fix this now before you have to, before it goes off yes. the rails. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having fun with the files. I'm just, just still learning how to dial them in because they're, they're very different than the R.
1: Again, I, it kills me that Canon doesn't seem to care about doing, um, settings, mapping to like a memory card file so that you could just like pop one out mm-hmm. from your R and pop it into the R six and be like halfway there. But um, here's the okay. question. It's even more critical if you have like a, you know, two of the same body, it sucks to have to reset a new one up exactly the same. Yeah, especially if you t- make some slight adjustments because you might make it on one camera. Forget wh- which one it is, and then you, you know, are forever in a slightly mismatched configuration. <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of sucks. But all the growing pains of you know uh, a good uh, thing being a new camera in your life.
0: I wonder. So my question is: so with this this latest Lightroom update, everything. I mean, with the the Canon R six, it's just Adobe Color uh, is the only real option there's no uh camera standard with right.
1: this i was gonna ask if you noticed anything hugely different in the files uh, as it relates to color i have clearly with dynamic range and high iso it's seems well beyond what i care about or need yeah um, but yeah with the actual tone and stuff it's really hard to compare it's because really hard to compare it doesn't seem to be doing color matched profiles yeah and so my uh, question is what the hell man what's the deal with that yeah I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Adobe in general. The some stuff they're doing is really cool and seems like the perfect right direction and other stuff seems like they're leaving this high and dry, you know, just totally screwed. Yeah, it <laughs> so, it doesn't make
0: any sense. Is this is has this happened before where they release a camera without mm-hmm. a camera standard profile?
1: Yes, it has. It has. And I think it was another Canon camera. I don't know about other brands specifically, but I know it has happened I think with their uh like cropped uh cameras. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah, and, it's weird. You know, kind of sucks to feel like a certain aspect of your look or your approach <laughs> is tied to the whims of a, a brand, right? That's why, you know, it, like, I, like I've always said, if I could get down to the sensor level of editing, that would be uh, great. I would. Now, actually, you can. Um, there is a way to, to get down that, that low. But um, I- even that amount of work is, is a lot of time and effort to put into a camera that you'd only use for like two years, potentially, before right. a newer, better one comes out and you're starting all over. But uh, it is, yeah, really frustrating. Maybe Adobe will come around, but it's weird they did it for the R, but apparently there was cameras before the R that they didn't do it to. So I don't really know what, what they're thinking.
0: Right. And remember what they are. They had that awful camera standard fiasco. Yeah, uh,
1: guess what i'm pretty sure that they are uh re-experiencing that with the r5 really now, it doesn't happen if you convert it to dng supposedly i hadn't seen it but other people are saying uh the images <sighs> that was such come a in nightmare interpreted through uh lightroom's profiles with like a stop too dark or something like that yeah. something weird it's not a white balance thing that was that well, was horrible yeah but this is an exposure related thing but either way i'm like man.
0: That's not great, but uh, yeah, the white balance thing was an absolute. That that was murder. I'm still dealing sometimes, like going with some of my um, portfolio images. I'm st- I am literally yeah. to this day
1: still experiencing problems <laughs> finding <laughs> random images that are like super being like, what gross the hell? Why PLO. is this? Why is this green? It shouldn't be green. Yeah. There's something to be said for you know committing to an edit and then basically like printing it as a right. uh, um, JPEG. You know, and keeping the JPEG as the permanent representation so that you know yeah it's just what it is well whatever uh not much else to to say i don't i'm still not super happy with their their app implementation i don't know if you've tried wireless pairing i haven't tried it yet the canon app it's okay it's not as seamless as uh, the other brands have definitely um done better even the Hasselblad that I have has an incredible mobile app experience for a 50 megapixel file uh, they do lightweight jpegs to like toss between your phone and your your camera which instantly reconnect anytime you, t- you open the app and and then yeah you can just flag any Jpegs you want as download as a raw and it does it reasonably fast through a 5 gigahertz ad hoc wireless network set up by the camera Cool. Exactly what you want, and then once it's downloaded into the Hasselblad app, you can uh, jump directly out into Lightroom, and it'll import to Lightroom mobile right there. Nice. So it's it's a fantastic. It's like gosh, <laughs> Canon mm-hmm. uh, needs to needs and to come around. It to makes my understanding, sense. Uh, Leica also has a really improved, fantastic experience now. Uh, I haven't used any newer Leica cam- Leica cameras that would have uh, the the newest app support, but apparently. They've done a great job, you know. I, the more other camera manufacturers nail it, the more pressure hopefully Canon has to to also step it up. That's cool. I don't know what, where Sony's at. I, I remember the last Sony camera I used was still pretty pretty gross in the app support.
0: But so this is changing the subject. But um, me and Abby uh, today had our first ultrasound for our kid. Um
1: oh, And congrats. I wanted
0: to share yeah, Sam you. with you the first portrait that I have taken of my own child. Um, and the reason that I want to send this you to you it over text, I'm going to send it over text. Um, I'm not the type of person, neither is Abby to, um, basically put any photos of our kid online at all. I'm going to probably take more of the Jeff Newsom approach and just take like a couple of good photos of it every now and then versus like showing yeah. everybody, you know, when our baby poops or something Uh, but i
1: just had his first poopy time
0: (laughs) yeah not gonna happen uh but anyway i thought this was kind of appropriate given the season uh so i am going to send you this photo and uh feel free to describe it to the audience
1: a ghostly skull (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what i'm looks like a demon (laughs) <laughs> it looks like a demon yeah it looks like two eyes and like uh like a bone dripping uh mouth grin yeah yeah
0: yeah are we yeah looking, looks what awesome are we looking at so we're looking at the face we're looking at the kid's face
1: that is the um,
0: face <laughs> that is the actual face long? of the child the the kid weighs like 11 ounces now due on okay. march
1: 12th how many weeks march 10th in? how many months in march, we're close
0: 20 to 20 week weeks okay. in i think also today completely separate i uh, released a, my album that me that i've been working on with sam and greg's input and i'm really excited about yeah,
1: it you're it's a it's a solo project me you and greg our friend greg from college um college roommate have been trying to hold each other accountable since basically april of this year your album's called reclamation and the project's yep. called blind guide blind guide right hmm. Yeah, it's great. And I like your uh, one of your promo pictures is you with your eyes closed. Thanks. Yeah. A friend <laughs> of seems.
0: mine, uh, Yasin, is a is a Yasin al He's a really good photographer in town. And uh, he does a lot of he does some fine art work and he does a lot of like fashion stuff and he's done some work with some with some bands. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to work with him for some of my first like promo images and uh, I think he did a really good job. I got like a, I've got tons of photos from from the session of me like wearing like a Domino's pizza jacket and like headphones and stuff. Yeah, so it's it was it was fun to like get my photo taken. It, it's very That's strange.
1: Awesome. And what was the um? It's pr- the process for the album art, which looks pretty cool. Like what what's going on there?
0: Okay, so like the a album photo
1: blended with something else.
0: Oh, so okay, so the album, so the is that the starry one you're talking about? Yes. So yeah, that is the black. that's the prom- that's the art for the song Andalusia, which is kind of about losing family members and stuff, um, and it's basically an upside down photo of the sky. Oh yeah, that's it. Uh, so it's an upside down photo of the sky in Joshua Tree, and it's in f- the foreground is lit a um, these big rocks. It's jumbo rocks in Joshua tree, and I lit them with a, a little red LED lamp that I a headlamp actually. Oh, that's awesome.
1: That's cool. um, It looks like a like a blended thing in post, so that's all an actual photo.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a single it's a single shot in camera, and it's uh, it's basically me just kind of like light painting on these like huge rocks, and I think the exposure is like a couple of seconds, and I studied it on a table or something but nice. it's a uh, when were you when was this captured this is in february right after right after our our uh, photo convention shenanigans
1: oh this year uh, then wow this
0: year mm-hmm. and then the actual album art is a photo of a choya cactus c h o l l a okay. choya cactus uh out in a choya garden in Joshua tree as well and these cacti are a little bit dangerous. They're they're the t- they're the cacti that if you like brush up against them, they like leap onto you and yeah, burrow spray, into your skin. I've heard um, of those. Yes,
1: very common in deserts. I think. Yes. You know, it's cool. It, 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 now that you mentioned Joshua Tree, I could totally see the genre of music that you wrote this yeah. in uh, there. Just like mm-hmm. taking in the scene, is a very atmospheric sort of. Mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's electronic. I don't know. What is the technical genre exactly? I don't know.
0: I put electronica, yeah, but I,
1: I really don't know what it is. It doesn't really matter. So, But it, it definitely fits with like the Joshua Tree sort of expanding your mind mm-hmm. vibe to me. <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Yeah. So the project, uh, it's available everywhere. Spotify, Apple yep. Music, wherever, SoundCloud, I think. And it's mm-hmm. called Blind Guide. If you just search for yeah. that, you should see the actual what do you call it is it an ep or it's technically it's record?
0: an ep i i'm calling it a an album just because it One, it's two, a three, full three, four, concept
1: five songs full concept okay that's it's a full concept time. but how, technically it's an ep play time? They mm, 20, show that on spotify the it's
0: 23 minutes 23 23 minutes
1: minutes. yeah it's sitting there yeah it's getting up there it's it's uh, it's uh, enough time
0: for one side of a record which i i kind of want to do uh like a short run of like vinyl where it's just all five songs on one half of a full-size 12-inch lp i think that would be really cool i don't know if that'll happen
1: well hopefully you can connect with you know other local uh, music makers of the Genre uh, as a collaborative potential collaborative thing.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, ideal. You've got
1: you know the music out there. Uh, it really can serve as a resource if you want to start working on other things in other places. So, or with exactly. People, I mean, it was
0: really fun to work on this because it was something I've never done before. So I I've, I learned a lot, and I think all three of us really learned a lot through this process. And Greg is is right, sort of in the middle, or so, right in the middle of like mixing. Uh, his work but you've already released a couple of song two songs or three at this point two right Two.
1: i have a third done and i'm just tidying up the album art and coming out so i've been averaging a release rate of one per month and i don't know how long it'll last for i'm not doing a you know, discreet album i'm just kind of right. whatever's ready i'll slow drip out as its own single and uh and leave it at that. So, I think that's cool. Yeah, pretty, yeah pretty
0: I th- I think for my next releases, I'm working on I've got two songs in the pipeline right now and I think I'm just kind of kind of release them just one at a time, but eventually I'd like to do a follow-up album. So we'll see. Cool, we'll see how it goes. Well,
1: you know, like anything creative, uh it's hopefully going to stay, have a long t- uh, tailwind for us now having kind of relearned, relearned <laughs> the process of recording and writing. And, you know, um, once you kind of iron it out and have your your workflow, your practice of, of writing and recording done, it becomes so much easier to sit down and start working on new stuff versus feeling like, I remember back in April and March, yep. March and April, when we started this, like really being frustrated with the creative process being interrupted by technical, uh, yes, you know, uh, issues or. Questions that I didn't have answers to. So,
0: yeah, it's interesting too, kind of comparing the process of making music to um, making to, to making photos. We we talk about this a lot on the podcast, and I think it's a great theme to explore in you know indefinitely. What what I've started to realize halfway through the process, once I was like getting in a groove of of writing a song that I was happy with, and then moving on to the next one, and maybe while I was Working on that one, kind of having more ideas for the next, you kind of have this momentum that starts building. And what I realized is it, it, the creative process a lot of times comes down to kind of confidence in your workflow. And it's kind of what you were just talking about. But if you can have a, a solid workflow for, your photography you you can kind of you know you can kind of bring in photos and feel good about about just getting them out the door i sometimes struggle with wondering oh is this is this photo series good is you know are the are these are the clients gonna like uh you know is the client gonna like this yes. if you can get into like a workflow rhythm it's you know you can feel confident about the the photos you're putting out
1: it comes down to i think trust like eventually at a certain point you can start to trust your preset or your edits you can trust your whatever uh, because you as a your mind as a creative person is gonna you know have its peaks and valleys in terms of being sharp and on point or more lazy and disconnected but if you have a refined and committed to workflow that's been you know, uh, honed over a long period of time when you do have less momentum or you do have that self doubt or whatever, from one shoot to the next, you can kind of start to trust that, you know, this process, this workflow that you right. establish is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. If like you're, yeah, just not feeling t- as sharp uh, and on top of it all the time. Am I making sense with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's really,
0: yeah, yeah. You can, you can kind of rely on, on the fact that like, all right, if you're feeling a little bit, not sure if, if, if what you're doing is any good there's kind of i guess i guess that's yeah that's kind of that's kind of part of it it's like if you feel like what you're doing isn't very good usually it actually is and you're just in your own head um and the best thing you can do is just keep going and say you know as long as you're committed to eventually trying to do good you know to be as long as you're committed to doing good work doubt is expected along the way and i think yeah, there were there absolutely. Were, I mean,
1: we can yeah. we can zoom it in even on like sure. a particular example that I think would help articulate it. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I used to be very wishy washy on on something like zooming way in on uh, like the fade point of my tone curve. Right. Where do I want my blacks to sit? Do I oh, want them to yeah. be as mm-hmm. faded as photographer X or as faded as photographer Y? They both look good. Where should Sam's be? Like, where should my fade point be? And over time I kind of, you know, tried a little bit more washed out, a little more fadey and I've dialed it back to more contrasty and deep, deep blacks and eventually just settled on a fade point that i I know I'm happy with and I don't have to, you know, address that specific factor ever again Mm um well i mean i can if i want to but i know where i've had my fade point set uh past a certain point you know maybe five years ago it really hasn't changed since is what's going to work even if i'm looking at a particular edit one day you know and and think is this too faded i don't really have to overthink it i can i know from the demonstrated output of photos before it, that that is where I like my fade point. Right. So just because, you know, my taste might've evolved for today a little bit. Um, I don't need to listen to that part of my voice. I can just move on to other aspects of the editing. I mean, that's zooming way in. Sure. I think that can be carried over to almost every other part of the the workflow. I mean, sharpening is another good example. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you can kind of dial in a recipe and, and and it's going to work, uh, assuming you've done it enough and sort of, uh, again refined where you like those settings over time.
0: Right, and I th- so. I think another thing that interesting about that is kind of zooming out a little bit. A lot of times, especially when I was starting out, I had I had a lot of feelings of like I need my photos to be consistent. What I didn't realize is that you only really need your portfolio. To be consistent you don't necessarily need your photos from 2012 you know a, a full gallery that you deliver, delivered in 2012 to look exactly the same as a photo as a full gallery that you delivered in 2015 um and what i i i, I kept struggling with like going over and re-editing things you know trying like re-editing a full gallery sometimes trying to make it look really really good and what i really should have been doing is just getting it out just just put it out and then once it's out <laughs> then you can look at it and be like okay what did i do wrong you know wh- or what what should i change you know going forward and then eventually you you arrive at at a portfolio and then that's when you make everything absolutely very consistent but yes 100%. but looking well, you back on have- it, Yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you and I had a similar discussion about music and our release schedules uh, between the three of us that have been working on things and how we're each basically taking a different tact where I was uh, fewer songs, but releasing very, very quickly and not trying to overthink it, just get it out the door. You are sort of a midpoint between uh, getting it out the door, but like after having a short record of five songs done, Greg has like a dozen songs that he's trying to, you know, edit all exactly the same and have as a cohesive album and also take a long time in naming the project and getting everything. So we're, we're Mm -hmm. each kind of at our own, if you want to think of it as Greg and I are on the outer extremes and you're sort of right right in the middle. And, uh, at the end of the day, I feel like it's a little bit better to trend in the direction you and I took of Mm -hmm. just getting at least in the initial uh, launch getting something out the door because you learn so much from having that uh sort of n- n- a voice in the back of your head that like other humans are looking at this now or listening right. to it and you're, you you just take a different tact versus knowing that it's just you that hears it and it's on your computer and you know things that you can change and things that you want better and problems that you wish you could solve um but, you know, that's not how the experience occurs for everybody else that's going to see your output uh, right. creatively. so
0: Yeah, I yeah, I really love the example of like and this is something sort of that, that we've we've discussed before in terms of portfolio, especially you can, you know, just overthink your portfolio for months and. And not know exactly what to do, and like I don't know if this photo should be right here or not. And then the <laughs> moment you have somebody over your shoulder looking at you, you're like, "Why is this? Why is this photo in here? I this photo shouldn't, shouldn't been even in been."
1: In. I, yeah, I, I, it's totally out to of it's it different or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's instantaneous. The ones
0: before it, yeah, there, it, it's it's amazing, and like that is the the. Big, the best thing you can do for yourself is kind of like show off, you know, your portfolio to somebody and you will instantly know what doesn't belong in there um or what should, you know, or what's missing maybe. Um but for for music it's very much the same way where I think yeah, I agree. It's it's better to t- and this is it it doesn't just go for music, it goes for painting, it goes for writing, it goes for any kind of creative process yeah. where you just put something out and this is something I've struggled with my entire life is like perfectionism is like, is the enemy. Like you just need to like put it out there and then, um, you'll, you'll know what to do next. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yep. sums it up nicely
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Um, when can we expect this, uh, this third song to come out?
1: Uh, hopefully next week. Hopefully cool. next week. I'm that's excited in my, yeah, I just need to figure out if I'm going to make my own photo for the album art, which I've been doing with the first two, or if I'm going to just, uh, find something cool, something else. I don't know. I haven't decided, but it's cool. Yeah. Uh, my hope is to get it out and then I have another one I'm working on right away from there and, but I am getting a little bit busier. I have a full wedding yeah. this weekend, so it's almost 10 hours of coverage small. Wow. Uh, so that's going to be interesting, but they're, they're trying to do a full regular cool. wedding template. So I'm going to have to catch up on my editing, but, uh, yeah, it's been a great year getting back into music and I hope, uh, you know, it, it can be continued somehow. <laughs> yes. Uh, music's a tricky one just in terms of, um, not money-making, but growth. It's like, how, how on earth do you get? People especially in the midst of a pandemic or when you're and when you're unable to perform live or if you're writing music that's like all oh, a solo project and you really couldn't perform live even if you wanted to it's a it's a trick yeah so,
0: it's very uh, tricky you know, <laughs> i'm I'm working in totally a different industry yeah I'm working right now on trying to figure out how to play these songs live, and I think I can do it i think i I have a general idea, but i haven't it's you know the month of October is almost invariably the busiest month of the year for me and for probably most photographers on the East coast. Um, there's, there's always stuff going around with political stuff and there's, and you know, October is like the best month to get married. Uh, in, outside of like maybe May in, uh, on the East coast. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and even look at the, the couple of new songs that I've gotten in the pipeline for like a month. And I know I'm going to yeah. come back and sit down and be like, all right, now I know what to do. Cause I, I was feeling a little stuck on them. Nice. Um, but, uh, nice. yeah, but
1: I think yeah, it's good to put that space Yeah, again, th- like, like with photos, like it's good to listen, take a break from stuff you're listening to. And then you'll hear, hear subtle differences when you come back to it weeks later.
0: Exactly. And, and it is good with, with any kind of creative endeavor, whether it's music or, or photography to take some time off. I, I, this is something I've been really feeling like I've been doing a little bit better this year. Uh, in comparison to previous years is actually taking real time off each week and not uh, just kind of sprinting for seven days and working on photos every single day. Like, if you do that, you're just going to get burned out, and or at least mm-hmm. I, I am. So I've been doing that. Yeah, for a couple been weeks doing there, that. I tried
1: the process of three days working, one day off, two days working, one day off, mm-hmm. and just having in big, bold letters on my calendar, no work, Yeah. Uh, Mentally changed a lot. Uh, I I haven't stuck with it. I might try it again uh, in in certain, you know, bursts of time. I I can't decide, but it it really feels nice. Like I'm giving myself permission to. Yeah. Sometimes you have to play those mental games. (laughs) Well, you can't just do that. Uh, Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. No, I was just going to say, as a creative person with with creativity firing at all times that's great and that's exactly how it should be and if you're a photographer your brain that that's likely why you're a photographer is because your brain is just constantly firing let's 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 make some cool stuff but if you are constantly if you if if you don't spend any time not doing that what ends up happening is is the time off that you take um ends up feeding directly into that creativity it gives your mind a little bit of a rest and it allows you, your brain to, like, as soon as you're ready to go back in, you're not just, like, going back in because you you feel like you have to. You're doing it because it's, like, it, it's unavoidable. You just got all these ideas because you had some time off, you had some time away, and you're, like, r- really ready to be, like, let me grab my camera. So, yeah, I mean, even shooting, like, taking a couple of days off this past, uh, just, like, the past two days i've been kind of taking it easy just getting ready to release this album yeah i don't know sam if you've heard about this uh but there's a bunch of goats that have been released into uh onto this what? slope um
1: no.
0: in uh, right across the street from the baltimore museum of art where we've actually shot a wedding before i don't know if you shot multiple weddings there or not but yeah sure um right across the street from that is like completely overgrown with like ivy and stuff and so anyway oh, nice apparently a bunch of people in the community chipped in a bunch of money and they brought in 20 goats to just like s- hang out for like a weekend just eating all the ivy over there and it's Smart. like an internet sensation right now people are going nuts over these goats so
1: um cool uh, yeah I so i can't believe i haven't seen that on reddit anywhere
0: yeah it's surprising. It, it's, it, it's out there uh check it out they're gonna be here all weekend and so me and abby on our way back from breakfast this morning or our way back from the ultrasound this morning we stopped by and saw them and they're awesome so i'm like my brain's like, "All right. Like I'm going to grab my camera and go over there and like shoot some photos of some ghosts. Like I don't know. It'll should be fun." Like cool. It's oh, that's awesome. It's just Love it. uh so that's why I think it's really important to take some time off. It gives your it gives your your brain some mental space to kind of like regenerate some some creative energy and so you can like really tackle uh, your next creative project really fast, like re- with with like yeah, a lot of yeah. gusto. Uh, what
1: I what I find interesting is the idea of um, habitually taking time off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, instead of. It's kind of shocking to me, uh, honestly. Working so long for myself, uh, maybe it's different when you're not always working, sort of a creative type of job. But shocking to me that only two weeks are allowed off is a true vacation period. Yeah, it's for nuts, most right? Most office jobs, nine to five. I, I, I just, I I don't know that I necessarily take that much time off m- now myself. But just thinking about, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't know that I could do it. It doesn't seem like enough time at all. Two weeks. Again, I've never had a a disciplined schedule. Um, Oh, you know what? You know I'm thinking though? I'm conflating a few things. I I suppose one of the things I've always struggled with being self-employed is actually taking regular time off during the week because generally we work, I mean, when you have a nine to five job, you have weekends. Carved out as always being right, right. So that that's helpful. That's sort of the habitual side of of having time off. And when you are self employed, you don't have that. (laughs) Especially as a wedding photographer, I should say. I mean, your weekends are busy, and it's really tough to carve out like a Monday, Tuesday to, to not do anything work related because everybody else in the world is firing, you know, on all cylinders, especially on a Tuesday. Uh, generally that's a really high productive work day for people. So yep. it's, it can be really tough to uh, get the habitual side of taking time off either, uh, you know, certain days of the week or certain times of the day. Uh, it's a whole nother struggle is, is just carving out, do you work better in the mornings or the evenings? And, uh, it's been fun to do music because I definitely do much better. I think music work at least from a writing perspective in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I don't really do much in terms of my photography stuff anymore at night. I used to, when I started, I would do yeah. a lot of editing late into the night, but not in a long time. I tend to keep evenings more for relaxation and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, music, agreed. It's kind of flipped on its head a
0: bit. It's weird. Music is really fun to do at night. You kind of let like the whole vibes of like the night, just kind of let, let you get carried away. And yeah. I think with, with with music you really have to let yourself go and let yourself have like some freedom and uh you know with photography you have you know you we know we have to do we've got to crank out these 400 photos for this client a beginning and an end and it has to be done by a certain time with with music it's way more open than that you just have to like uh i mean unless you have like some kind of weird record deal where you have to crank out an album a year Uh, even then though, you, you, you have love, yeah, I
1: would love to be involved in the music industry, especially back in the day Mm -hmm. as like a manager or an an AR guy or something where you would have a behind the scenes look of a bunch of different bands and how, uh, you know, the process of them being independent to then being signed on your label and all that having deadlines, how that changes for better or for worse, the, the chemistry of the band, the process, the creative process mm-hmm. of them working together, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that must have been and probably remained to be really difficult oh, to find an artist that you can invest money in and them continue to deliver beyond, you know, whatever incredible work they've done up to this point. Having those deadlines and that professionalism behind it has gotta be so uh much of a kind of mind shift for the artist
0: totally and I'm it messes some artists up.
1: don't handle it
0: yeah i was yeah. gonna say it messes some artists up permanently like they yeah. they can't handle it or um I, i've been doing a lot of going back and listening to uh kid a uh Radiohead's uh one of Radiohead's albums which is my favorite album is that their first
1: First one, no major label. What was that there? Okay,
0: that was their one, two, three, fourth album. Wow! So they did OK Computer, which was like this massive super hit, number one everywhere at the time. It was it was like the greatest album ever. And Tom York, the lead singer of Radiohead, said that like after that, like while they were doing that tour and they were getting all this press and everything, like he started to have like a mental breakdown. Basically, it was like the pressure was too much. Mm -hmm. They were doing all these huge shows. They just wanted to play rock music, like, what the hell was going on? He ended up taking a bunch of time off and then deciding that, like, instead of making another, like, hit record, like, OK Computer, which was basically like a pretty epic, like, Brit rock, you know, yeah. record, um, they were just gonna, like, do whatever the hell they wanted and screw everybody else and they made this bizarre album called kid a which nobody thought was going to be or nobody in the industry thought was going to be any good and it ended up boom hitting number one also because it was just this it, it's a masterpiece like of like weirdness there are songs that are just like tones for like four minutes and in contrast to like the, you know jangly rock that's like all like very Beatlesy, you know you start off with this weird piano thing. Anyway, the point is is um, in an interview that I recently read with Tom York, he was they were asking him like at the time that Kid A came out, he was like, so what if what's been like the highlight of your year? You know Kid A is out and everything. Like what's the highlight? And he was like, my highlight was taking three weeks off and swimming in the ocean every day and it was glorious <laughs> and that was that's like awesome. his whole thing and i'm like that makes a lot of sense to me like <laughs> yeah
1: well that's the other thing when you uh, so i've been watching a new netflix show that's a spinoff or not a spinoff it's a it's an evolution of one of my favorite podcasts called song exploder mm-hmm. and i need to watch that i think yeah. 6 oh, it's so I, great because i love the podcast it's very much the the podcast, just in with nice visual elements, and they actually interview the the artists. Cool. Uh, so it, it's it's a proper TV show, but it's it's very true to the core of what Song Exploder the podcast is, and they basically he the creator gets access, uh, oftentimes um, unknowingly from the uh, artist uh, when he br- starts the interview, he'll start. Uh, queuing up stems and, and solo. Wow. Any instrument that he wants from the original mix. Uh, and these are huge, huge. Oh, the first episode was Alicia Keys. Uh, second Whoa. episode was, you Keys. know, uh, REM or something. Third episode was, uh, oh, shoot. Oh, Lin Manuel Miranda, the guy that wrote freaking Hamilton. Wow. So it was, it's, yeah, he's got access to basically anybody he wants. But one of my favorites was the, uh, the REM episode because they talked about how they're a rock band they're professional they were doing all right they had a couple of records out but they wanted to do something just totally weird and that's what's fun about being so like technically proficient and professional that when you start to try and self-sabotage your baseline yeah. skill of <laughs> what you're outputting is still so good yeah that it has <laughs> yeah, potential exactly. to be a number one hit across the universe like that's yeah. what's so cool is when you kind of marry the i have no clue what i'm doing with i know exactly what the i'm doing yeah uh, those two sides of your brain that can really uh serve you incredibly well if you let it if you give yourself space to uh explore um the, the, the those two things coming together their song um uh, what was it the losing lo- losing my religion is like mm-hmm. a song about like nothing and it was you know basically f- a joke that they decided to make the the main guitar rhythm and lead line, a mandolin. Like they had never used that in a song before. Oh my God. Uh, They had used regular guitars. So, you know, the whole story of this coming together, it really reminds me of exactly what you articulated with um, yourself and a lot of your work. And then also the, the uh, kid a story. That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah. Anyway. So high recommendation. If anybody has some time to kill, pull up song exploder as a podcast is great, but I like the TV show as well. The Netflix series is something interesting
0: that's really interesting you brought up rem because uh i didn't know this until so i am not an rem fan i don't like rem but when i was listening to a podcast called desert island discs um don't know if you've ever heard of it but it's um it's a really I've great i've not listened to it yeah, it's a BBC podcast, I think. It's all about um, they they interview people. They don't they don't necessarily interview musicians, they interview anyone. They they'll interview like a firefighter, they'll interview a composer, they'll interview a painter. And they basically just generally ask them what what are the ten uh, records you would bring with you if you were stuck on desert island. Anyway, they they got cool. Tom York on there and he was he's he started talking, and he started started talking about talking heads and everything. <laughs> he told but me this story. Yeah. He Yeah, but he list he he's like, oh man, one of my favorite bands is REM. And I'm like, what? Oh. Yes. He's <laughs> like basically his <laughs> idol yeah. is the lead singer from R.E.M. And um he <laughs> and the funny thing is is when i listened back to rem's stuff around the same time that radiohead was putting out their first record pablo honey which is what creep is off of it sounds the guitars are remarkably similar to like rem uh guitar sounds and some of the some of the like flow of things are, are remarkably similar to the point um when tom york was struggling after okay computer being like i he was like on tour with okay computer like they're doing these huge sold out shows in front of like 10 sometimes hundreds of thousands of people and he's like i'm freaking out here and the lead singer from rem he was on a phone call with them and he said oh all you have to do tom is just pull down the shades and say i'm not here this isn't happening and <laughs> and then he wrote a song called i'm not here this isn't happening on kid a and it's it's this crazy sort of depressing song but it's uh it's awesome it's all about and it's all about literally him like trying to shut the world out so he can like freaking breathe for a second and uh, yeah that's that uh, kid a was a huge inspiration uh or rem was a huge inspiration for kid a which is my favorite record of all time And uh, I can't believe it that it was like (laughs) REM is a big influence because I don't like that. That's
1: a crazy story. (laughs) I need to listen to them now. Fascinating. R.E.M. was yeah I guess a little ahead of where Radiohead was yeah. for a while in their career because they started dealing yeah, with well, it. I, don't I don't know either. losing I loved that record uh, losing uh, what was it called? out of time out of time yeah uh, there were many songs on there I thought were great and it was I before I was to it. I, I guess aware of context in it music it was sort of just I don't know it was probably middle school when that album had already come out even at that point Some, something like ninety two mm-hmm. maybe I was in elementary school whatever uh, I came across it in my formative years. You know 10 11 years old and um uh I just loved like shiny happy people holding hands. I love that song, it's the cheesiest, <laughs> most ridiculous song in the world, and it's so great. You Sounds can't like a not, I remember name like, for a Greg song. In the morning, and my mom would be like, Make your bed, and I'd be like, I'm putting on shiny happy people. <laughs> and I would always make my bed with a smile and like dance around. It's such a great song, that's awesome. But there's so many, so many good songs on that record, it's, it's kind of uh, crazy to think about. But apparently, and I wasn't aware of it again, I was it was a little before when I would have been watching MTV. Apparently, the music. Video for "Losing My Religion" is what really made it blow yeah, up. I think they took of really art conceptual approach, and it like was amazing. I guess I don't know, but
0: it's I'm funny because that band in particular yeah, it's like even at the
1: it. time they must have been late 30s, early 40s. I think like, oh. either that or they were all just losing their hair really young because they I, were. Yeah, I was like, man, I guess that was sort of was the 80s uh, up until the like 2000s. I guess you could be like an older group of dudes yeah. and still have like yeah. a hit song that appeals to everyone like young and old but i don't see that as much anymore do you I, I uh, unless no. the band is is old because they got successful young i don't see any new people coming along yeah i don't know
0: the only thing i noticed uh, in terms of older people is if they were like if they had been involved with something before that was pretty well known Um, exactly
1: yeah i don't see like a new breakout band and it's a bunch of dudes in their 40s yeah well it's it's hard to back in the day
0: it's hard to do that with um a life and you know like a kid or something you know it's it's hard to just get together you know after school five nights a week and like play punk rock um you know it's uh it's hard enough for me to freaking sit down on my computer without have, answering like a mountain of freaking emails it's a different it's a different vibe so and I can it see seems why. like
1: i don't know i've never been into edm or any of that but it seems like that is the by far dominant genre and hip-hop and that whole world musically i i haven't the faintest idea about in terms of live shows yeah it's just not at all in my orbit i don't know about yours maybe Dude, a little
0: but i st- i listened to, i started listening to um you're familiar with underworld they're a, a kind of ravey type electronic band
1: oh uh, no uh, I electronic like, I love that movie but
0: um, oh yeah no, no. The, the band um i don't know i just i listened to this album for the first time there's an album of theirs that came out in 2002 and i'm sitting here just like being like my mind just being completely pulled apart and being like this is the most awesome music i kind of have a feeling that at some point i'm gonna just like make some just epic like dance music that's that's kind of
1: like <laughs> i think on a long a long enough timeline cool.
0: i make like a dance record but we'll see yeah i'd love that to would be
1: fantastic but i am curious about the the back end of of that genre and that world in terms of promotion
0: yeah i have and, no idea uh,
1: and shows i mean i don't know i'm sure everything's on its head now because literally kind of no did, idea Everything this year but but i'm curious you know um well what just what it's like but anyway we <laughs> we're getting way we, off we have gone now, off track so think, uh yeah, well whatever what We. but it's good it's all relatively in celebration of your record being done and put out and Sounds awesome. It's professionally mastered. Yep. It's, it's uh, you've done it professionally
0: mixed and
1: self so mixed and, and mixed. Can, we can call it professional still, sure.
0: We're, we're yeah. producers at this point.
1: It's, yeah, totally. You know, it's funny as, good as happy as i am with my own mixes i feel like you really aren't able to call yourself a professional until you can get client work that's not your own that's totally out of your hands and then like work magic on it and it's better after being filtered through you Uh, i don't think i'm a uh, in terms of music production anywhere near that stage
0: (laughs) no you literally are at that stage you have literally recorded other people and made them sound good.
1: Yeah, but that was like ten years ago, and I never made any meaningful money from it. So, I well, I you don't
0: have to make money to be a good producer.
1: <laughs> I think you also have to make money to be considered professional. But mm, I guess so. It's uh, it's interesting. There's, uh, you know, I've been leveraging uh, the website Fiverr for a lot recently, more photo related stuff, um, and. It, And also, uh, for actually the, the musical compositions on some of my songs, I hired a guy through Fiverr and it's interesting that, uh, you know, as far as the music and audio section of Fiverr, like I kind of want to throw a couple hundred bucks at just a random, you know, semi well-reviewed dude to mix and master a track for me you know and it would like, be interesting i have it done myself but just see how they compare there's like viral youtube videos that have done that but i don't really trust anything on youtube so i'd be yeah, curious no. to see like a first-hand experience of you know what random number whatever guy for 50 bucks and 700 positive reviews <laughs> <laughs> how they actually handle a mix of my own
0: that would be really interesting i i, I thought for a while i was like oh, what if i get my like it was this stuff that I was doing started to be a little, like it was a little overwhelming at first because I again I had no idea what I was doing with electronic music.
1: Yeah, I mean, like in terms of track count and organization and stuff.
0: Yep, and just feeling like I don't know where to even start with mixing. I mean, I I mix I can I can mix a live show no problem, but mixing in the studio was a completely different beast. I, for a while, I, I considered just having someone mix it if if it had made financial sense it's possible i may have tried it but then at the same time like almost as soon as i had that thought i think within a week of of having that thought i was like no i really i really want to know how like i really want to mix it myself because i i know that i can mix well i just need to learn how to do it and as soon as i do i'm sure i'll do a good job and i think i'm i'm overall happy with what with how it worked there's some stuff that i'm still not 100 percent happy with in terms of the mix but I, i'm I'm fine i with just it. found
1: that I, that's all awesome. you did great it's it's really fantastic i just found one of the top rated fiverr <laughs> sellers ready for the the name sellers yeah uh, like one of the people that offer their services okay the name of it is blind sight <laughs> <laughs> just kind of reminds me of uh of your deal but nice <laughs> i think blind guide is a lot better but
0: blind guy both
1: of us i think are are adequately jealous of greg's name shell corporation (laughs) shell shell company shell Shell company company. such a good name
0: it is such an awesome name it is the best name for anything like
1: i it's i can't believe it hasn't been taken shell I, company it's bizarre what we need to check yeah, this again It is. i do too i'm like there's no way. there's no way I'm right check apple music the shell company it, it wasn't on spotify i'm pretty sure but i'm gonna check
0: it's a, there's a song there is not an artist what are these people doing greg has hit the jackpot i think blind guy I mean, is, is good i like i like the feel of it um i like cope yeah, with hope song as well, I I really like the the idea of, and I told you this before, but I really like the idea of of coping with hope. It's like very, it's it's sort of um kind of pulls your brain in a couple of different directions. I really like that.
1: It does. You can you can see it from a pessimistic or a, an optimistic viewpoint and have a different definition of what that phrase means, which I yeah. really like. Um, the other thing I will say is probably maybe another episode's worth of discussion but the names and us actually committing and, and shell companies oh, surfacing to the top for, for Greg like really came from us doing one of our weekly check-ins and just sitting down and starting to like shit out ideas just yep. you know stream of consciousness I think it's mostly me just randomly putting two words together or three yeah. words, trying <laughs> to just randomly come up with crap and then getting it done like there's so it's so easy to think that the obvious choice will be in front of you in like your just everyday circumstance, or it's just going to blink into your mind and the light bulb's going to go off. But I think people don't always in any creative aspect not just naming a song or a project but people underestimate the power of just like trying a bunch of shit and then recognizing the skill of recognizing when you've got it like oh no there it is (laughs) instead of you know just floating through the world surrounding yourself by quote art or you know life experiences are really enriching that's fine but oftentimes you just got to sit down and like shit out a bunch of ideas and (laughs) see see what comes right Uh, because that that i think that's pretty much how we came up with shell company that is how we came up Right? So yeah, yeah, it is. So I, I know it's how I came up with cope with hope. There are some other good names in there. I might steal one or two for a song name. Um, but in a lot of times that comes from, again, trust, trusting your, not your creative or your workflow process, but trusting like your instinctual. Yes. Uh, tend- tendencies. Yes. Like uh, through a lot of crap, there's some uh, some polishable stuff that can come out of that, and y- yeah, shaping your instincts and and trusting them past a certain point. A lot of times now you have your name, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense for the record, but actually, it kind of could. I don't know specifically for Shell Company, but cope with hope. The more I write and put out music and have that name attached to it, the more I realize it's sort of perfect for it, the. It informs the itself. Idea of the yeah yeah um in a lot of my songs it's it's crazy but it's not like i came into it with a fully formed idea and like this is what it means you can kind of see that in retrospect so easily it's it's insane
0: yeah with uh with with the album reclamation and the name reclamation came out of just one lyrics that i was just like working on one day on this song that i really liked on the record and at the end i'm just saying like reclamation i was like thinking i really love the way that i sang that there and i'm like ooh that that could be that could be a good album title so i just like kind of penciled that in as an album title and then the more that i thought about it the more i realized all five of these songs actually have to deal have to do uh, on some level with you know i can i can sort of you know swing the the lyrics around enough to make them all sort of about the concept of reclamation. The idea again kind of informs itself. Uh, once you start to understand your, you start to trust your own process. Back to the idea of like, com- how we came up with Shell Company. It was, it was so great because it when when we're talking about again, you we were kind of thinking, oh, I don't know how we're going to come up with a name. I don't know how I'm going to come up with a name. Well, if you just sit there and like just. Start throwing out names. Yeah, all ninety nine percent of them are crap. But like, you can trust your brain. You can trust your creative instinct. If you are a, if you're in tune with yourself, you'll know right away. And all three of us knew right away that Shell Company was perfect. Like it was just a was it was instinctual. And and Greg was like, "Yep, I'm in." And and he he went with it. That is. As much a metaphor for any creative process as I can think of—photography, or music, or painting, or writing, or anything—just kind of trusting. We did.
1: We did have. I have the list up here. You're exactly All right. right. I let's agree. hear it. I like some of these. So we missed. We missed out on some good. pray gap.
0: Instead of. Oh yeah, because originally yeah. I was thinking of naming my project Prayer
1: Hands. Pocket Dynasty. Bathtub disaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's good stuff. Frog shock.
0: Brokshock, yeah. These are all names that uh, you know, you can use, listeners.
1: Yeah, these are these are great. Wake note, which I did, I am going to use for a um, a song title or maybe the album if I ever do. Ooh, Wake note, man, that is a uh, great name. Diet cake, <laughs> diet Dude, cake. Awesome. What? Uh, Ready means nail gloom. Nail gloom. <laughs> uh, some good stuff. Entry queen. Entry
0: queen. <laughs> Paper sun. Paper sun is not already a band i think that's already a band oh Chicken paper Pox. sun oh, pretty cool. no oh i know what paper sun is paper sun is the name of like a of a uh of like a gentleman's club in baltimore that's what it is Chinese. no there's also a paper sun
1: artist pledge slogan public panic that was a good public one. Like
0: panic that, one. that was that was one that i also thought was great but anyway it's taken but you, yeah. you know like instinctually that like that that something works for whatever creative process you're in
1: 100 percent. and it's really unfortunate public panic is taken as an artist name but it's a no release like empty ah, artist bummer. for some reason yeah it's, come on hate when that that ha- happens all right uh well yeah, we a should place probably wrap it up um we'll i'll put the link in the show notes to your your spotify and cool. hopefully people can uh, check it out if you're into sort of atmospheric electronic oh, what other word um, describes your thing i don't know that's probably pretty
0: accurate beat Heavy, sometimes heavy, dancey heavy. Yeah. sometimes dark not
1: not not a lot of distinct chorus verse melody like it's very kind of deconstructed electronic it's it's I've weird, d- but i you've just never been reasonable.
0: a person and this is even goes back to the the prisms songs, but like I just have never been one for like repeating choruses over and over like i just it's never yeah. really been a thing except for um um <laughs> uh the second song on the album, which why am I? Nice why am i blanking on yeah, this? On our
1: album yeah cycle
0: cycle yeah right. um yeah cycle has a has a chorus but that's basically it uh so yeah i, I don't like choruses generally i just like to kind of keep the song going especially the the title track is my favorite favorite song on the album and it does cool. not have a chorus
1: so. all right well uh cool i guess uh, we'll wrap it up there
0: all right well talk to you later
1: later